It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sponsored by Taylor Made and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Members, friends, and players, good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. And I'll be here engaging and inspiring you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning into Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. It's a rainy afternoon here in the Philly, New York City market. So take some time off and enjoy our weekly pulse of pop culture. Our guest today gets everyone going in the city of Philadelphia every morning. So it sounds like Wade picked a high-energy song in honor of him. Let's go. It's time for the pro show. Philly fans, we have a great guest today joining us on the airwaves, a man of action, your morning anchor on ABC's Action News Team. Matt O'Donnell, the city's morning cup of joe, is here to give us his personal perspective on the ecosystem of golf. This reliable reporter has a special storytelling ability. Did I mention he's an avid golfer? Yeah, that helps too. So Matt, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How's life in Philadelphia today? Life is great. I'm talking to the director of fun. So whenever you're doing that, life is good. That's for sure. I mean, it's always sunny here at Springdale. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, it's great to connect with you. And uh, it's great to talk to you. And I love talking about golf. I feel like I don't talk about it enough. So this gives me more opportunity. Well, we're going to have that opportunity today. And, you know, let's get right into it. Let's talk about, I know you're an avid golfer and you follow the sport. You follow the PGA Tour. They're back. The whole Bryson thing. What's your take on that? I think it's great. When I was watching the tournament, it was astonishing to see what he was doing to that golf course. I felt like he could have brought four clubs, like the driver, the putter, and two wedges. <laughs> I know that people have this reaction where they're abhorred. They're shocked, and, and, and they feel like he's destroying the game. But this is a guy who – he's a scientist – and he's cracked the code. He's figured out that if I can hit 340-yard drives and I can hit them pretty much as straight as I did when I was swinging in my old body, I can win tournaments. I can come in the top 10 every time I go out there. So good for him. It's good for him. It's good for golf. My only question, and I know Ricky Fowler is one guy who's raised it, how is his body going to respond over the long term? We saw what happened with Tiger Woods when he really beefed up and – Maybe that had you know something to do with some of the injuries that he suffered. What's going to happen to Bryson DeChambeau in the long term? That's my question. Yeah, the sustainability is definitely a factor that needs to be considered long term. But for the time being, we are watching the evolution of the professional game because just as you mentioned, Tiger – People followed his lead and they became more athletic. You know, you look at the Jason Days that came through and the Brooks Kepkas and the and the DJs and all these different guys. Who's going to be the next guy? And we don't need to go down this road, but I was just curious your take on this as a golf fan to get started today. Who's going to be the next guy that wants to gain 40 pounds and 40 <laughs> yards off the tee? You know, who wants to beef it up like Bryson? Uh, it's, it's, I mean, but it's amazing, though. The guy shoots 66, 67, 67, 65 on a Donald Ross golf course. Now, you're a Philadelphia golfer. We've got plenty of classic, uh, classically designed golf courses here in the area. And that guy's just tearing them up where it, it, it it's just really interesting, you know. And you know what else is interesting is that you were originally born in Detroit. 
right? The PGA Tour has been back there for two years. You know, um, what's your take on the kind of impact the PGA Tour has had going back into that community that they had not been in? What do you think about them going to Detroit? I think it's great. Here's a little six degree of separation. My dad used to run the Detroit Golf Club back in the late 90s and early 2000s. And so I played it a bunch of times at the North Course and the South Course. And as you probably know, the the com- complexion of the course that they play for the rocket mortgage is a combination of the north and south courses so i'm a little confused when i see certain holes and everything but you know detroit it's, it's where i was born just outside it's a city that has struggled immensely and it's a city that is, has a better opportunity than i think any other urban area in the country to be reborn because so many people have fled if you've driven through there there are vast stretches of emptiness where they've just bulldozed homes that were vacant and abandoned. And there's more property in this city of Detroit than there is in just about any other place. And so when you bring a big event like that, the PGA Tour event, that maybe can get some front running going where some other good things can happen to Detroit. It's a great sports town. Uh, The people from Michigan are great. They're just very, they're just nice people, you know, and I'm not making a comment uh, towards any people around here, but the people of Michigan are are just great people. And so I was just glad to see it uh, come back for the second year. Well, you know, I truly feel like the event has been a great event and a great addition to the PGA Tour. And folks, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Matt O'Donnell. And Matt is the co-anchor of ABC6 Action News Morning Show. As I mentioned that, you know, for my listeners here, I'm sure they're a little curious on on how your career developed. You know, how did you become one of the faces of Philadelphia? Two things mainly. I worked my butt off and I got some breaks. And that usually when you talk to anyone who has you know, seen some success anywhere, that's usually the combination. Um, when I was in high school, I loved to write. And then I was trying to figure out wh- where I was going to take this. Uh, I love current events. I love knowing things. I love telling stories. So I just tried to learn what did I have to do. And I, I, I did a Bryson DeChambeau. I went back and said, all right, I got to gain 60 pounds and take five protein shakes a day. And, you know, it'll happen. So you know, I did internships. I, I practice my craft. I drove all over the East Coast, literally banging on doors, trying to find a job and got my first one in Binghamton, New York, got another one in Syracuse. And then a couple of years after college, I got my dream job in Philadelphia, which is where I grew up uh, out in the suburbs. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I, I watched Action News and I'm on Action News. It, it, sometimes I still kind of pinch myself. Um, it, it, it's the place I always wanted to be and I'm, and I'm here. And so things are good. I mean, that's a great full circle story right there, you know, as a kid watching the show and then as an adult being, you know, a key player involved in the show. And speaking of key players along the way, there had to be a couple mentors, whether it was in Binghamton or Syracuse, or maybe down at Delaware at school, who, who are one or two people that played a pivotal role in the development of Matt O'Donnell, the journalist. I would hate to name just a couple because there have been so many and finding a mentor is definitely a two-way street. So I always looked wherever I was, who's someone that I could just sort of, you know, try and get some pieces of information from that, that could, that I don't have right now. And so 
I would always try to go up to people and talk to them and, and ask them if I could call them. And, and, you know, a person who is a mentor that, that makes them feel good too. They're like, Oh, well, someone thinks I'm, I'm pretty special. So, you know, I'm going to help them out. And so when you talk about going full circle, whenever someone reaches out to me, who's young, say in, in college or is just starting out in the business, I always make sure that I give them my time because so many people over the course of so many years in so many places gave me their time. And that is another you know, ingredient of success that is just essential. Now, let's take it to a certain part of your life. All right. So we just talked about your career, but outside your career, you love to play the game of golf. How did you get involved in the game? You know, did, was it your dad? Did somebody teach you the game? You know, how, how did you get bit by the golf bug? My dad had a tea time every Sunday at Kimberton Golf Club. It's a place out in Chester County. It's a George Fazio design. People know Tom Fazio. I think that's his uncle, George Fazio. It's a very simple track, but the one thing they always say is you use every single club in your bag. And every time I played Kimberton, I looked down and every single club is dirty. (laughs) So it was a great place to learn the game. He took me out there. My dad's game was hit it as hard as you can, go find it, and hit it again. It, it was all about power. He was he could drive the ball a long way, um, but as a result, he also could spray it uh, quite a distance away from the target too. So it was a lot of uh, army golf, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right. But that's a, that's a connection that to this day my father and I still have. We still play golf together and – it's just a, and I, I take my son out now too. He loves the game. Uh, it's a, it's a great game to form bonds with with family, with friends, and to meet new people. You know, I say all the time that it was a social game before it was a competitive game, and I'm and I'm glad you bring that up because as the director of fun here at Springdale Golf Club, I, I'm constantly preaching that to people that you know it, the game is hard, so you need to appreciate that and you need to enjoy the time you have with people, and I mean that. That's no more representative than the world we live in now because there's so many restrictions on where life is going. To spend four hours with three other people in a foursome is a pretty special thing to do outdoors, um, having fun. How's your game these days? Because I know you like to play in tournaments. You like to compete. You know, How do you feel about your golf game these days? Could always be better. Uh, I'm always working on it. Uh, I made it a point this year to really try and focus on my short game and to learn a couple more new shots around the greens and to work on my putting. Um, It's something I've really neglected over the course of my career, if you can call it that. And so I'm really just trying to shave some strokes down. I'm also trying to manage my game better, pay more attention to the short side and the long side of greens, try and be mostly conservative, but to know when you can try and step on the gas and, and go for things keep myself on the golf course. And also, I think one of the hardest things, Keith, about playing golf is, let's just say someone said, do you think you could focus on a task for a span of four hours with several breaks and it's something that you like to do? And you'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You can't. It's, it's, It's so hard. That's why golf is so hard is you hit the snooze button so many times during a round, emotions, energy level. So many things are going on, and that's why I'm so impressed with the PGA professionals who are able to just focus. I mean, that's the hardest part, I think, of the game. Well, one thing I can share with you, 
is that I spent five years of my apprenticeship career down at a place called Isleworth Country Club. And it was from 1998 to 2003. And there were nine touring professionals there and none more famous than Tiger Woods that lived on property. So I got to watch them practice and play. And I, 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 I say this till I'm blue in the face all the time to so many different golfers. I go, you don't understand how much they would work on just trying to maintain the levels of their attention and their focus and how much they would drop it down in between a shot. And then when it became time, that one minute around a shot, and they tried to make that window of time so tight so like one minute around the shot that they were going to be super hyper focused and then they would just let it all go. And, you know, that in of itself was a talent and probably, you know, Tiger's greatest gift in the end. So, I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. And you know what else, folks, I'm glad for? I'm glad we have the co-host of Sunday's political show, Inside Story from Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Matt O'Donnell here with us at Springdale Golf Live. And uh, one more quick question. Um, before we wrap up and do a break here, I, I'm just wondering, did you set any goals? Because as a tournament player and as a very successful man in your career, it, it seems to me that you'd be a goal-oriented person. Did you set any goals for your game in 2020? So every year, the number one goal is to get a hole-in-one. I haven't had one. Oh, I no. Always, I always tell people, every time I'm on a par three, I try. <laughs> so, you know, I'm still trying. Um, last year, a big goal of mine was to break par on a on a legit course and i shot a 69 at white manor country club at, which is two under for for there and uh so i was pretty happy about that um, that's awesome and, uh i i guess some of the goals a couple of them for this year one of them was going to be to qualify for a mid-amateur um i i looked and there's still a couple of um chances for the pennsylvania golf association to qualify. I've never qualified for a a mid amateur. And I guess I think if I could end the year with my scoring average below 79, I think I'd be happy. Well, you know what, folks take notes because having specific goals like that is how you achieve them. And I I love how you put all that together. Um, I love that there were some fun goals in there, like uh, a hole in one. And I love that there were some really specific ones about tournaments that you want to achieve, which take hard work to qualify for. Um, You just wrap that up really well. I got to wrap this up real quick for a second. Do you mind holding on for just a couple more minutes? I'm here. Folks, it's 3.17 p.m. here in Philadelphia. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920 of the Jersey. Be back in a moment with more from our man of action, Matt O'Donnell. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. You know, one of the cool things about today's guest, he's sort of a modern renaissance man, journalist, competitor, 
father, performer, and musician. He's a champ on the drums, and in salute to Matt, here's one of Bonham's best. Enjoy the beat. It's time for the weekend. and running on the back nine today abc action news anchor matt o'donnell is with us by all accounts the pga tour has been successful in restarting major professional sports folks how proud are you as a golfer matt that our game is leading the way back well i think that it had to because aside from tennis it's the easiest sport to bring back there's very little contact uh, and, and unlike tennis, golf is played anywhere. It, these, it, it doesn't have an arena, so people are not confined in, to one space. The thing I noticed immediately, and I'm sure you did too at your club, is how rounds just shot up. Like, it was amazing. Like, everyone wanted to golf. And I think that um, that's that's great for the game. This is something that we can build on. This is something that we can try and grow the game with. I mean, that, that's the most important part. Uh, we, we set records for rounds at my club on Saturday and, and Sunday multiple times during the first couple of months. So I think it's great. You know, it's, it's interesting. I put a report together for the Board of Governors here at Springdale. And at the end of June, we were up 4% in rounds year to date over 2019. And I had zero rounds in April. Yep. So we had more than last year, and I, I took a whole month in the spring, you know, which in the Northeast, everyone's just gangbusters once the Masters hit to get out and play golf. I had a, ma- a month with zero rounds. You know, this just backs up your point. And I looked at that number, and I said, that is just unbelievable how busy we have been and how much people are taking advantage of the game. And, and, I, and I think that that point can't be resonated enough amongst all of us that talk about the game and love the game. Yeah, and sure. I could add on two more things that I think in the future we really, really need to work on. And this kind of goes towards the whole discussion that we're having as a nation right now. And that's we need to find out ways to make the, go- the game more affordable and more inclusive. And I don't have all the answers, but I'm one of those people that loves to listen to new ideas. And I think that that's something that golf should try to work on better. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I was going to go down that road, but but since you're there, let's get there right now. You know, I, I tend to call this thing the Great Reset. You know, in history, there was a thing called the Great Depression. And in so, in so many ways, um, this is a reset of so many different things that our society is doing, that business is doing, that sports are doing, entertainment is going through. And, you know, I was going to elect you the president of the PGA of America. Right. So I, want you, I, I want you to talk about this a little bit more. How are you and I, and I'm a PGA professional, so I'm going to follow your lead since you're now my president, right? How are we going to move golf from the main line to main street? The one thing I'll say about that is I think that every single club across the nation and the world needs to acknowledge the fact that just because you may have minority members doesn't mean you have biases with your membership. Oh, and one more thing. Yeah. I would ban carts. <laughs> Oh, wow. All right. Well, and and the caveat here, uh, they should still be used for, for, you know, medical purposes. If you need one, some courses need carts because they're so long, there's distance between holes. But I think 
Americans need to get away from the idea that you just take a cart. Like it's, it's a ride. Walking is such, it's, it's such a better thing to do. It's healthier. And honestly, I don't know if you back this up. It's faster to walk than to take a cart. It's definitely faster to walk um, when you have a foursome and each person can go to their ball. They can play it independently. And proof of that is that right now we have a lot of um, single rider carts due to COVID restrictions. And with four carts in a group, which would essentially be the same as four people walking independent of one another, there's not two people sharing the experience going from one ball to the other. They move quicker. There's there's no doubt about it. So yes, when 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 each player is his own entity, you're going to move quicker. There's no doubt about that. Banning carts altogether, um, you know, more people should probably try to take advantage of the fitness aspects of the game. Um, they would appreciate their bad shots more and maybe work harder on the practice tee if they were walking to them rather than just scooting over in a cart over there. But I do have a lot of wonderful members that ride in a cart. It, it's interesting. More people have been involved and playing golf, which means that the fitness side of the game has become a bigger priority because they're playing so many rounds. They come in the, in the professional shop here at Springdale and they say, geez, I'm tired. And I said, well, you played five days in a row. When's the last time you did that? And they said, never. Um, it, it's cool to, to have those things more affordable, uh, stress the fitness aspects of it, and then kind of open up our minds. I, I love where your head's at in that. And I, and I think that all of those are amazing things that we can do. And, and you know who else has been amazing is that I, I have really grown to respect Jay Monahan throughout this whole process. And I was reading an article where they said that golf has become like one big conglomerate, whether it's the European Tour, the LPGA, PGA of America, USGA. And, and Jay has basically become the CEO of this whole institution. Now, in your career, you have interviewed some really cool people, President Trump, President Obama, James Brown, <laughs> six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jay Wright wins a championship as yeah. the Villanova basketball coach. You have some really cool interviews. If you sat down with Jay Monahan, looking at as a golfer, all that he's taken on and what they've been able to accomplish, what would you guys talk about? Number one, I'd talk about this issue of the distance, quote unquote, problem on tour. And I would open it up by trying to pick his brain on what he thinks. And I don't think he's really told everyone exactly what he thinks. And I know there's a discussion going on and maybe next year they're going to open up and, and, and make some suggestions. But then what I would tell him is that I don't think there's a distance problem at all because I'm still driving at the same distance and I've gotten all this new equipment and these new balls, but the ball still goes for me about the same length. So they shouldn't build 8,500 yard courses for me. What I would suggest to him if he's still listening to me, he's like, why are you now telling me things? Uh, I would tell him, listen, let's enjoy how these players just destroy these, these courses. It's awesome. It's, it's fun to watch. But when it comes to the majors, everyone plays the same ball. What do you think about that, Mr. Monaghan? And he would say, that's an interesting suggestion <laughs> there, Matt. Let me weigh that. But if everyone played the same ball and it, and it wasn't juiced and it – you know, balada ball, let's say, and suddenly everyone's hitting it just as far as me. Then we can still take the U.S. Open to Marion and not have to extend it another, you know, 500 yards. And and we can play all the, the classic courses and we don't have to build like an Aaron Hills, which, you know, I know is a great golf course, but it was built to contain the length uh, of the current pro game. It's, I guess I can stretch it out to like 8,500 yards. I, I think if they just, you know, 
every sport, they give them the ball. You can't take a ball with you and show up. So why should golf be any different? You know, that's an important point. And a lot of people bring up, you know, the football field's always been 100 yards or the basketball rim's always been 10 feet and they're not going to change those things. So why should why should golf change? But I've never heard someone say that every other sport gives you the ball to use and golf is the only one where, you know, it's supposed to be a stock car, but is it, are they all stock, you know, sort of um, argument? You know, that's, that's an interesting point. And you know what else is interesting, folks? We have this great opportunity today to talk to the host and producer of the True Philadelphia podcast. And his name is Matt O'Donnell. And before we wrap up today, we're going to do one of my favorite things to do. And, and this guy is, he's an expert in live TV, mm. but we'll see how, how, how well he handles a little rapid fire Q&A. So Matt, are you up for this? Let's do it. Let's do it, Keith. All right, here we go. Where's the one place you would ever want to do a news broadcast from that you haven't already? The one that I would like to? Yes. Mars. Like the planet? Yeah, absolutely. I want to be the first person to do a live shot from Mars. And I'll even grow potatoes, just like Matt Damon. All right. All right. Here we go. Matt O'Donnell, the the Martian version (laughs) two. All right. Do you have any pets? I have a dog named Bailey. He has his own Instagram account. Oh, you know, those dog Instagram accounts are very viral. I know. I, I fell into it. I know I five years ago, I would have made fun of someone who had an Instagram account for his dog. I'm now one of those people. All right. Well, then on a scale of one to 10, rate how cool you are. I just go five because that's right in the middle. And so people can't say anything either way. Oh, they could say stuff, but but five is a safe answer. Yeah. Uh, what time do you go to bed at night? Usually the goal, and most of the time I achieve it, I'm in my bed by like 6.05 p.m. Pick any band, all time, and you could play drums with them. Who would it be? Led Zeppelin. No, wait, police. The police. Oh. The police. All right, Roxanne. Yeah. All right. Biggest pet peeve on a golf course? Slow play. Most interesting person you ever interviewed? Hmm. I would say any person coming out of Veterans Stadium or Lincoln Financial Field after an Eagles win. You know that that's a specific group right there. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. That's a, that's a class amongst uh, amongst others. All right. Uh, one golf course you haven't played on your bucket list? Pine Valley. Oh. Nearby, just over in New Jersey. Yeah, I hear it's out there somewhere. Yes, uh, wonderful spot. All right, Cypress uh, Point too would be another. Cypress looks pretty good. Haven't been there. That would be a good one. All right, if you could add one person to Mount Rushmore, who would it be? Keith Stewart. Good enough for me. When you hear the word anchor, who is the first person that comes to mind? Uh, Someone on a boat. Fair enough. Not where I was going with that, but you know what? Um, this show, it, it, it always could use some comedy relief. It, it, truly, Matt, I uh, appreciate the time today. Can't thank you enough for being here. I know you're very busy with all that's going on in the world. And uh, thanks for all you do to start everyone's day the best way possible in Philadelphia. Thanks so much, Keith. It's great to talk to you. Great to talk about golf. And I would like to extend an invitation to you to be on the True Philadelphia podcast. And I will contact you after this See if we can make that happen at some point. I cannot wait. That is, you know, I've achieved a dream of mine. Awesome. (laughs) All right. You were great. Take care. I got to run. Keep it straight.
Well, now that was a fun show. Now, before I send you over to my Fox Sports colleague, Doug Gottlieb, I have some really great news. After 21 weeks, the cat is back. Yes, Tiger announced yesterday he was playing next week at the Memorial. Jack's place, where he's only won five times. Let's call up the PGA Tour here, Wade. Let's get him on the line, and let's do everyone a favor and pair him with Gotta Be Bryson and this week's winner, who's also there at Muirfield Village. Now, wouldn't that be a fun threesome to watch next Thursday and Friday? Now, before I go, I have to raise a glass and make a toast to those who support us week in and week out. New Jersey Golf Foundation, you know, coming from the director of fun, if you want to put more fun back in your golf, run, don't walk, and try some tailor-made golf clubs. You know, there's B-Dratty, Zero Restriction, perfect for a day like today, Fairway and Green, and EP New York. Together, we know them as Summit Golf Brands. And F.H. Wadsworth just was on his website, and the new belt designs are hot, so check it out. Thanks to my man, Wade Weezer on the board. Enjoy the weekend, brother. Can't say enough. All the great support I get from the Springdale Board of Governors. Thank you to you, and thanks to Troon Golf Management for all you do at Springdale. Most importantly, I'd like to thank my listeners. You know what I'm doing, folks. Whether it's rain or shine, I'm heading to Springdale. But where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from Princeton to Philadelphia, and of course everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. This has been Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the team next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey.